how do you get to a point where you can even see something in someone that they don't see in themselves and I can't quite explain it but like you tell someone that they're good at something it changes their whole outlook on you know what they what they're going to accomplish what they can do Welcome to Perennials, a podcast about growing up, getting wise, and trying to live a good life. I'm Victoria Russell. Today, I'm talking to Andrew Binger. Andrew and I met in college. We both majored in English and worked in the Writing Center. And I remember Andrew always having this very quiet, thoughtful, calm, intelligent nature about him. And I also remember always seeing him in various mentoring roles around campus. Now, Andrew is an educator, actor, and mentor working primarily in the city of Newark. He teaches history at the Newark Boys Chorus School and serves as the artistic director of the Yendor Theater Company, which seeks to develop and produce plays by underserved playwrights, including writers of color, women, and writers from the LGBTQ community. Andrew credits much of his success to his former professor and mentor Rodney Gilbert, and he now considers mentoring young people some of the most meaningful work he does. I wanted to talk to Andrew about mentorship because I think being and having mentors is such an important part of growing up and something that we're never too young or too old for. And I was thinking about what the components are of a mentoring relationship and two words that came up with me and Andrew a lot were seeing and empowering. Andrew describes how being a good mentor means being able to see the goodness in someone and reflect it back to them. And through that, the person is able to develop even greater self-trust. I was really touched by the stories Andrew had to share about being mentored and being a mentor, and I think you're going to enjoy them a lot, too. Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. So congrats on your five-year anniversary of working as a teacher, you are a history teacher at the Newark Boys Chorus School, right? That's right. That's right. And when we were at Drew, you studied English and theater. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I majored in English and then I had a minor in theater okay. and Spanish. So how did you come to start working as a teacher? You started there like right af- pretty much right after graduation, right? Yeah, there's a, a couple month gap, but... Um... In, in in 2013, I was like, you know, looking for jobs that summer. And uh, I, I kind of always wanted to teach. That was kind of um, always like a passion or, you know, of mine. And then I, I wanted to be an English teacher because I was passionate about literature. And uh, that's, you know, that's what I studied. And then um, I applied to be an English teacher at the school. Actually, they had an English teaching opening and I I didn't follow traditional education track, so I didn't have a certification. Um, so because this was an independent school, um, you didn't necessarily need that. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to get an English teaching job because I don't have certification, even though you don't need it, but I have no experience. And I um, I applied anyway and said, well, you never know. I've never heard of the school before. Um, so it was interesting that it was an all-boys school and they all sang in the chorus and they did music and said it couldn't hurt. So um, I applied and they called me in for an interview and I did two mock lessons um, on two separate days for two separate grades. It, you know, it was about poetry and, you know, understanding how to analyze poems. And um, unfortunately, they went in a different direction for the English teaching job. 
not unfortunately because the English teacher that they selected is amazing and, you know, still works at the school and, you know, she's great. Um, but, you know, fortunately for me, I didn't get the role that I, or, or the, the job that I was initially applying for, but um, the, the, the school, the academic director said, oh, they saw something in me. I didn't have the experience they were looking for, but they brought me on part-time. And um, they brought me on part-time to teach Spanish, which, like I said, I, I minored in Spanish. So I never, ever thought I would ever call myself a Spanish teacher. <laughs> but that's what they brought me in to do. So for a few months before the full-time role opened up, um, I was I was a Spanish teacher here. You know, because it's a small school, um, it's about around 50 kids in the entire school. Oh, wow. Um, so it's really, really small, small class sizes. We have grades. Um, when I first started, we had grades five through eight. So um, I saw a group of students in each grade. I saw a class of fifth graders, sixth graders, seventh graders, and eighth graders. Since then, we've kind of um, expanded. So now we're actually grades three through eight. What was your relationship to mentorship did you have mentors did you have adults and role models in your life when you were a kid growing up I don't know if I, I would um I don't know if I, I thought of it as mentorship in the midst of some of the relationships I had especially in middle and high school but you know in reflection and looking back it's like oh this is kind of why you know some of the teachers that I had you know paid special attention to me and my success um, you know, when I was in seventh grade, I think um, I had an interesting transition. I went from, you know, public school in my town where I grew up in, you know, in, in Orange, New Jersey, which is, you know, a school where students all looked like me. And, you know, I went to a, a private middle school, middle and high school. And, you know, I, I was, you know, one of few students of color at the school. So one of my first teachers, a history teacher, actually, uh, Mr. Muhammad, I felt a connection to him because he was, you know, he was a, a, a teacher of color um, and he would help me, not just in history, but also, interestingly enough, in math. Um, when I first got to the school, um, after school, you know, he would, he would um, you know, ask me to come and, you know, work on math so I could, you know, understand the concept. So to me that, you know, looking back, that was a form of mentorship from him. And it's funny now that uh, we fast forward. And um, he actually teaches at the school as well. Um, he teaches math now. Oh wow! So uh, it's always a it's always a trip to tell the students like, yeah, you know, actually, you know, I told Mr. Muhammad there was an opening here in uh, for math for a math teacher, and I just remember he was really good at math and oh looking gosh. for another job. It's like bizarre. Actually, actually, I um, had the opportunity to be to be a part of the interview and the hiring for that. So I was like, this is a oh my god, this is strange. The way life, you know, the way life works out sometimes, it's like, this is super strange. That's but, um, so funny. You know, so it's, it's great to, you know, I've been working with him for the past three, four years here at the school. It's just, you know, it's just bizarre how life works. So you guys um, kept in touch after, um, after you graduated from school? Yeah, because I mean, I, interesting, I mean, I hadn't seen or spoken to him for a number of years because he was, he was a, uh, my teacher in seventh grade. And then he left the school, you know, maybe a year or two after I had him as a teacher and he went on to teach some other schools. 
And it wasn't really until I graduated that I just kind of connected to him on social media, I think. And then, mm. you know, we exchanged, you know, some messages like, oh, you know, I'd love to, you know, chat, you know, let's go, you know, have coffee. Let's uh, just, you know, it's been so many years. And, you know, through that conversation, we began to keep in touch. And then I realized that, you know, he was leaving his position and, you know, he was looking for another job. And he, he knew that I started teaching here in Newark. So, you know, and I think that's part of what also kind of, you know, that idea of creating a relationship beyond just the, the, the scope of a class or, you know, a school, the fact that we could even have that dialogue many, many years later, you know, um, in a professional sense, um, that that's kind of a part of what I think, you know, began to plant seeds of what I, I believe mentorship is um, for me. And, you know, there's others that um, I had that relationship with throughout high school, my, my drama teacher, you know, the arts are very important to me. So my theater teacher in high school, um, uh, Scott Jacoby, and, you know, even his wife, uh, uh, Mrs. Jacoby, was also very much mentors because, you know, they, 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 took, they took time to, to pay special attention to me and my progress, you know, in the arts, but also just as a young man um, who, you know, came from, let's just say, humble beginnings, you know, who... Um, who had, some, I guess, some struggles, you know, familial struggles, financial struggles, and kind of trying to navigate this this new private school space and kind of feeling, um, feeling, um, feeling very othered sometimes. So just having people, even if they, you know, some of them, like I said, um, were reflections of me and I saw myself in, and some of them not quite, but just that idea of, you know, wanting to sort of extend that, you know, that sense of, you know, care and humanity to be was very important. Mm. You know, Joe Ball, he was my middle school principal, was also very helpful to me and kind of, you know, paid special attention and care to me and also <clears throat> built a relationship with my mom to kind of, you know, help me along. Because I did, I struggled at, when I first started um, middle and high school because of the transition. <clears throat> so... From that point, I guess the seeds were planted that, you know, you can you can build a, a relationship with, you know, with a teacher where they can kind of care about you on a different level. And those things are also important. In fact, sometimes even more important than the material that you learn in the classroom mm -hmm. for your success. Um, I, I don't think I would have found success academically had some of the other concerns that I had in life not been addressed mm. Cons consistently throughout my experience there. I was, you know, I was there for six years at that school through middle and then high school. That's kind of the approach that they had, you know, you know, very much looking at the holistic, looking at the whole person trying, you know, with the resources that they had as best they could to address the concerns and needs. Mm. So if you had like a snapshot, a before and after picture of like you when you started that school and you when you graduated, what would you say, how would those snapshots differ and what, what role did their special attention and care play in, in the changes that we would see? Um, I think that the person I, I was before was, you know, a very, you know, respectful person and, uh, and, and very capable. And I think afterwards they helped me unlock a lot of the potential that they saw in me initially that I might not have seen in myself in the same way, but also 
allowed me to be more open as far as when I needed help asking for it, but also made me more resourceful in figuring out solutions to problems because I think one of the things that I took into my college experience based on what I learned through that is, you know, you never know what resources are available to you or what are the possibilities or how you can get assistance or aid until you ask. And, you know, the worst you can, um, someone in, in, in high school I, I, told me the worst thing that anyone could ever tell you. It was, uh, it was actually my, uh, the drama teacher, Mr. Jacoby, the most, the worst thing that anyone could ever tell you was no. Yeah. And that's not so bad, you know? And I remember that to this day, like, you know, so it helped make me that the Snapchat at the end, that snapshot at the end is a more resourceful person because I, I would, you know, when I got to college, I would ask people for, for anything, you know, financial aid, you know, the deans, I would just be like, hey, this is what I need or who can help me? Can you point me in the right direction? Yeah, I think that was something that I kind of learned through um, writing center tutor training, the whole focus in being a writing center tutor, at least the way that we were trained was the idea that you're the guide that's there to help people connect to the resources that they need, whether those are like internal resources, helping asking people questions that help them realize how much they already know and maybe are just having a hard time expressing or saying it's not about the, the tutor having all the answers, but rather saying, oh, you don't know how to spell that word. Let's get a dictionary and I'll show you how to look it up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. was something that I really connected to and that I felt like was so important because that is how you allow people to grow beyond just, I don't know, just memorizing things or trying to always have the quote unquote right answers um, or other people's answers, you know. <laughs> Being trained in writing center tutoring and working there was really important to my development as a person. What was your experience like in college of taking on some of those mentorship roles? So I think, you know, I think kind of connecting the high school, middle school experience, I think it set me up in a way that I I didn't quite anticipate. But in college, I feel like people saw a lot in me and considered considered me, you know, you know, this leader, you know, which I I think I don't know if I anticipated in the same way. But then, you know, I began to embrace. So um, the writing center thing, like, you know, that definitely. I felt like it was one of the most valuable experiences that I, I had as a as a student in college because it it was I mean besides it being a useful skill and it helped me connect to you know students on campus from a variety of you know programs departments fields you know graduate students undergrads it was such a cool experience and an understanding of the art of you know tutoring and that idea that you're you're trying to guide, but you're also trying to empower. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not like I'm trying to um, give you the answer so that you 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 can pass something. I'm trying to give you um, insight and skills and resources so that you can become empowered to, um, you know, do this for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, when I first started at the school, when I um, did the teaching thing, in fact. One of the things that I noticed just in my time there that, you know, writing wasn't a very big emphasis for the students. And it was something that as a school, they were interested in kind of changing. So I, I was very much that was an emphasis in the things that I did at, after that point. Like, you know, I know I'm, I'm here to teach this, but I do want you to know what a five paragraph essay is. 
And trust me that at some point, if you don't understand why I think it's so important, hopefully in high school and in college, you will see why it's so important. So that was cool. Um, I entered the, the, as, a, as an EOS student at Drew. Um, so after my, you know, EOS is a you know, state-funded program designed to help students from particular school districts. I believe they're Abbott school districts, but basically school districts that are underfunded or that are underserved um, to help the students that, you know, come through from those schools to these programs or to, the, to these universities to get additional support. And a part of that support is, you know, a six-week summer program. So it's one of the many programs that are on campus during the summer. So you take that before your freshman year. So that was an interesting experience because I think I learned that academically I didn't necessarily need it because of my, my, edu- my school experience, but I qualified for it. So, you know, I took advantage of it. And then it helped me connect to a, new, a different support system on campus that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And through that, through the work that they saw I did during the summer in my first year, they, they definitely inspired me to want to be, um, to work for the program as a, as a summer counselor for the next year. And that was kind of one of my first real experiences with like mentorship um, because I get to use my experience from the past summer and my first year of college to help students who are just transitioning and going to start their college process and having the summer experience with that. And it's that idea of you're imparting your knowledge as best you can, but also trying to help students to gain their own sense of self-sufficiency and provide that guidance and support that that they need to to do that. It's interesting to think about the flow of mentorship being being a mentee and being a mentor and that that being something that is ongoing like no matter what your age is you can you can step into both those roles right like there's always going to be people that you can learn from and be guided by um, no matter how old you are and then there's always going to be people you have like even like you said just having done one summer um, in the AOF summer program and then your freshman year of Drew, now you had some insight that you could pass on to the incoming class. Um, I feel like there are a lot of people who sometimes just focus on wanting to be a mentor, but not necessarily thinking about who they are being mentored by or seeking out a mentor for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, understanding the importance of having that, you know, there's, you know, there's never any limit to what you can learn and there's always new things that you can learn and there's always different ways to get support and guidance. Um, so for me, Professor um, Rodney Gilbert in the theater department was just, you know, he was the first person I think, you know, in the midst of our relationship, I was like, oh, this is like a mentor for me because, you know, he was another, he was a man of color, you know, on, on the college campus and there weren't a whole lot of them, especially, you know, in English or theater. Mm. Um, so I definitely, um, felt that you know connection to him and then he was from newark you know i was from orange so and living in east orange so it was like oh he's from the neighborhood the neighborhoods that you know i I grew up in or he's from the area that i'm from as our relationship grew being able to always refer to him even though i'm in these leadership roles i'm referring to him to get insight from him a lot of times to figure out what's the best way to navigate you know these situations and um so many ways our relationship grew 
after I graduated, um, as I began to work in Newark where he lived and worked, and we got to work on, on different projects and, you know, always kind of looking to him as a guide to, in a reference, whenever I had any kind of, you know, teaching thing, anything, you know, that idea that I, I was, you know, I was working in this capacity to mentor others, but like, you know, very much had a vibrant relationship with uh, my own mentor and used his insight and guidance to help me understand how to even do that, the mentor thing. Mm. I'm so sorry about your loss of him, by the way. I know he passed away. Yeah, he, he passed away last November. And, you know, um, one of the great things that I think, <clears throat> you know, I I can take away from our, 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 our relationship is that um, I remember so many times reaching out to him about, you know, decisions, ideas, insight. And when when I first started doing it, it was very much like, I'm not sure what to do. What do you think? I, I'm, I need the guidance. And I think it's a beautiful thing. And I've, I've noticed it towards the end of, of, you know, of his, of his life and, you know, beyond, you know, after he passes that a lot of times that, you know, I still probably would do, I still would reach out to him, you know, if you were here, but I'm at a place because of his support that I, I, I have a, a greater sense of confidence, that idea of self-sufficiency, like, you know, because of that support, like I, I have a lot more confidence in all of the things that um, I used to do and that we used to work on. So yeah, it's a, that's a that's a beautiful thing. Do you feel like you have his voice kind of in? Like, I know there are people in my life who I can just think about having a conversation with them, and even if you know I can't have that conversation in the moment, I can kind of. I know there's some people where when they take you under their wing, you get to know them well enough that you can almost just, you can talk to them in your head mm-hmm. and be like, oh, yeah, that's what I should do. <laughs> you know, I laugh sometimes because I know, <laughs> I laugh sometimes because I know he's looking down sometimes and looking down, he, you know, he had this judgmental thing and he'd be like, you know, you know Andrew, really? I could just, I, all the time, I'm like, oh, he's probably looking at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know definitely built that you know that relationship where i just i know exactly how he would react in all these situations and (laughs) and you know i laugh a lot uh, as a result of that (laughs) i feel like sometimes when someone's a really good mentor um there are moments when they make us feel uncomfortable or indignant or angry because they're pushing us to be better than we imagine that we can be, or they're challenging some notions that we hold really tightly about ourselves. Do you have any, have you had moments like that where you were, you know, either quietly, secretly, or not so quietly, just like, no, I can't do that, you know, like feeling resistance to, um, to some, to some way in which the mentor was really challenging you to grow? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, like when I think of someone like Rodney, he mentored a lot of other, a lot of us and, you know, seeing, you know, one of our friends and, you know, they'll know who they are if, you know, they listen. And I say, you know, <laughs> his process with her was, you know, it always ended with with them crying. Yeah. And, you know, and, and then, you know, it was always like, I need you to do this and this and this and this. And it's like, I can't do that. And it's frustration. And then it's the tears. Mm. And then the next day, whatever he asked, is you know is done and is like brilliant and it's like <laughs> see 
I guess I just needed to make you cry. And it's like we laugh about uh. it because it sounds horrible, but it always, you know, and it's like it it always works or whatever. And you know, that was the narrative for the for those two. It was just like yeah, it always works. And it's like you know, see, I know you got frustrated and you got emotional, but I had to push you, and you know, I had to, you know, really push you to know that this is what was going to happen. And you know, once you had that chat fire under you, you came back and you. You know, you performed or you did this. So that was in the context of like a drama class or a theater production, like pushing someone yeah. in their performance. Yeah. Pushing people in performance, you know, pushing people in, you know, you know, I mean, that was his process, you know, as a director when we worked on plays. And, you know, that happened with me all the time. It's like, you know, um, I, I mean, I remember actually, interestingly enough, my first year. And, you know, Ed, Ed Drew, my first theater class, um, we did it. It's, a, it's a called acting and directing. And we, you know, we 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 um, break it up into student and, and, and student work. So the student, a student directs two of the students in the acting scene. So, you know, Ronnie was always very intentional about how he casted his scenes. So, you know, he would find plays for the, you know, for black actors, you know, from a black playwright or whatever and he try to he he always try to find you know if there's a you know an indian student in the class he'd try to find a piece that would that you know would would be a fit for that person based on the characters so he was very intentional about that so he picked a a piece for me and another another uh student of color another black uh student and he had a um a white student in the class directed because we didn't have any other students of color and he was kind of like, you know, are you guys good? Are you guys going to be all right? And, you know, it was kind of like, I think we'll be fine. And we were rehearsing it. And I remember we had a rehearsal on a Saturday. And somehow, some way, Rodney was randomly there at the school in the building on a Saturday, which never happened. And he kind of walked by and was like, oh, you guys are rehearsing for this? Oh, I want to come in and see. So we're like, okay, here he comes. You know, the teacher, he never sees it until the presentation. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was not, it was, it was random that, you know, he would ever see a rehearsal, especially on a Saturday. So he's there and he's sitting in the audience. He's like, how's the work going so far? The director's like, oh, you know, it's getting, you know, and we're all kind of like, all right, we'll see what he thinks. And I remember I had the first line and I, I, I go out there and I say something and I have like this piece of paper in my hand and I rip it up and it's really, Basically, it's what I is bad acting. I I I know that now, <laughs> so bad. But you know, and I've I probably have been doing that the whole time in the process. And the director is like, you know, I don't know if it's because it's you know working with you know a black play and he didn't feel the agency to kind of like correct it or he didn't know what to say. But you know, he's he probably was like, oh, you know, it's not that great so far. But he hasn't he hasn't really said anything. So Rodney's there and I do it and Rodney's like, go back. Go back and start again. That was horrible. Like, go back, and you know, <laughs> you know, and like you know, and I didn't even know him that well. Like it was like you know, my literally my first semester on campus, my first acting class. You know, it's only been a few weeks, and like he's like screaming, "Go back, go back!" <laughs> and I come back out, and I have the energy of like, "Oh crap! Don't go out there and do the same thing because he's gonna be <laughs> really upset and enraged." Um, so I'm like, okay, what do I do? So I had that like nervous energy. It's like, you know, this is not, you know, this is not acting. This is real life. Like you need to do it again and make it real. 
So I go out there again, and it's like that all the energy from him yelling and the, you know, the <laughs> nervous, exciting, like, go out. And I, I don't even know how, but I'm like, you know, I'm impassioned. And I'm like, you know, I don't know what I say. He's like, that's it. That's better. Mm. Don't ever do it that other way again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, and after, you know, after he left, he's like, you know, and after he yells, he's, you know, typical hip. He's like, well, guys, I just want to say thank you for letting me sit in on your rehearsal. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing your, you know, your final <laughs> presentation on Tuesday. Good work. You know, keep working on it. You know, I'll see you. It's just like, really? You did all of that. And, you know, we're laughing about the experience after because it's just like, that was so him. That was his process mm. um, of how to really dig, you know, artistically. And that's that's how it was with all of us. And, you know, he ignited people's emotions, it sounds like. I mean, he, he, I don't know how, but he was able to always get us to dig deeper within ourselves as artists to, to really present and portray truth. It was, it, it was, a, it was a gift that he had. Mm. It sounds like something that you said that struck me was that, you know, teachers and teachers that you had saw something in you that maybe you didn't see in yourself. Uh, it sounds like, it feels like that is an important part of having a mentor too, is having someone see you and maybe see you in ways that other people in your life haven't seen you or don't see you because they know you in certain roles maybe. Or maybe when they try to tell, maybe, you know, if your mom tries to tell you something about yourself, you might say like, you just have to say that because you're my mom or whatever. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that aspect of being seen by someone in a different way and having them either affirm something about you that you know deep down but maybe haven't been sure of or that you know you just haven't seen in yourself is that something that's been impactful for you and that that you've experienced and that you try to bring into your teaching and mentoring now i mean i think it's 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 definitely it's 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 vital. I mean, you know, I like I said, I, I initially wanted to, you know, as a professional, I wanted to teach. That's what I always thought of for myself in life. And I still have the passion. I love education. So, you know, you know, I, I, I always want to be connected to education. But, you know, working with um, Rodney as a professor and then, you know, later as a professional, I mean, he's why I continue to pursue acting as well. And I'm like, you know, sometimes struggle to figure out how to balance both. But, you know, I never considered professional acting in my life. And I look back and, you know, uh, over the five years of experiences that I've had in acting, working, you know, in equity theater in Jersey and New York and doing a touring show, like all of those experiences, I never believed I would ever do because I never saw that in myself. And I think even... You know, even the idea of being, you know, him being impassioned and yelling and, you know, whatever, he had, he saw something in me um, that I didn't see in myself. In fact, I only took one class with him. Interestingly enough, that was the only class I ever took with wow. him. But um, that I would see him, you know, in the department on campus, he would consistently be like, when are you going to go, when are you going to audition for plays on campus? When are you going to do this? You need to be acting. You need to do this. You have the talent. You have the and he would always say it, and I would be like, okay, you know, like I took one class with you. Like, you know, I had some cool moments. I never really envisioned it in that way, 
until he was like, I know, I think what's missing is you haven't had opportunities to really, you know, showcase yourself. You haven't, you don't see, you know, a reflection of yourself in the department, you know, mm-hmm. you need to do pieces that are reflective of all here on campus. And he's like, I, you know, he'd been there 10, 15 years at that point. He's like, you know what, I, I want to direct a play next year. I want to do a play with a, you know, a more diverse cast. I want to cast black students, you know, I want to do something so that you guys have opportunities. So that was, you know, he definitely saw something and he was, you know, relatively persistent about, you know, wanting to do that. And I think that's so vital. I think that's that's important because kind of like you said, I saw something or he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. So for me, fast forward, you know, these many years, it's like, how do you how do you get to a point where you can even see something in someone that they don't see in themselves. And it's, I, I, I can't quite explain it, but over the years I've, I find myself believing in other people more than I believe in myself. Sometimes it's like, I really believe you can do X, Y, and Z. Don't you see this? Mm. You know, a part of it is, you know, being, being older and having these experiences almost kind of knowing what to look for like you know you don't even know that that debate that we had in class like you know the way you presented your ideas and the way you articulated yourself was you know on a different level than even your peers you don't see that you have the skill or this talent mm. and for for people that's transformative for the young people that I work with they, they're like really you see all of that in what I just did or you see something in and what I just wrote, you think my stories are good or you think my art for like it it's it's that I, idea that, you know, we all kind of I feel like we all need that, you know, that that cheerleader, that coach, that person that sees that stuff and is willing to kind of even acknowledge it. In my experience sometimes, especially working, you know, in the city of Newark and, you know, it it the students here are are a lot of majority of students are, you know, are, are from underserved populations. You know, socially, economically, you know, the familial structures, um, those things are missing. And I think sometimes it's hard to pinpoint how to reach someone. And because certain things aren't in place, um, students, it can be difficult to work with certain students, but I've seen and learned that making that connection can be transformative because it gives people, young people, a sense of purpose. Like you tell someone that they're good at something, it changes their whole outlook on education. It changes their whole outlook on their schoolwork or, or, or you know, what, they, what they're going to accomplish, what they can do. That was something that I really loved about working in the Writing Center too, was when you just said, you know, sometimes you believe in in people even more than in yourself. Like I always found those interactions so powerful because when you just sit down one-on-one with somebody and you just start asking them questions and getting to know them and it's such a vulnerable thing for people to share their writing with you. Even if it's, no matter what type of writing it is, it can often be a vulnerable act to share it because people feel exposed when if they're struggling with ideas or they're struggling even just mechanically with writings it can really touch upon 
ideas about how they feel about their intellect or their abilities. And, um, but I always just learned so much about people and so much about myself and, um, it always felt very powerful and very much like, not like, oh, I'm the one with all the knowledge here, but rather I see so much good in you and I can just, I, my job is just to reflect it back to you right now. You know, a lot of, a lot of the, 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 the young people that I at least interact with, you know, they, they, they have their challenges, they're damaged in some way, whether it's not being confident because, you know, they have gaps in what they've learned. You know, it's hard to be confident in math if, you know, if you're a greater two levels behind because for whatever reason, but, you know, I've seen so many kids that are brilliant and, and can understand math. They can understand the concepts, but once you get, once you fall uh, behind and you, you haven't grasped concept, you know, number one, when you get to concept five, that's cumulative, it's, it's difficult to even want to try. Yeah. Um, so that idea of, you know, having that intimate relationship where there's that one-to-one tutoring, you know, where you get to actually work and, and kind of see, see um, outside of a, a whole group setting, what a student's capable of, you know, that makes a difference for them for you to be able to say, oh, you really are good at math. Once we worked on this concept, you were able to, you know, divide these fractions or whatever it is. You just haven't had the opportunity to work on it and to, you know, have that support that you needed. Um, it, it, I mean, it's a game changer. And I think I've seen... I've seen the magic of it. I think it's 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 one of the things that's missing in some of our, our our urban or underserved schools is that there's so many students and you know it's hard to build a rapport with each student to yeah. understand what their needs are. That you know, what is that whole group instruction? Kids get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, yeah. How do you kind of grapple with that as a teacher? Um wanting to be able to connect with students well i guess you have very small classes right that's been one of the definitely one of the benefits just having such smaller class sizes which also was something that i had in high school and middle school myself which i think is part of the reason why you know we were able to have uh, i was able to build rapport and relationships with the teachers that i did and i think you know I don't know what the fix for that would be, but I'm, I guess I'm a proponent to that because I think, you know, having that, you know, having that, that, that teacher to student ratio and having teachers having a, a clearer sense of who you are as a student to me make, made a world of difference for me. And I feel like it makes a whole lot of difference for the students that I've, I've seen in over the years. Mm. Um, it's hard to in a room of 30 kids to to it's hard to build a connection with someone or hard to even know what student one's challenge is versus student 22 because you know it, it, it's how do you even keep track of 30 kids in one class and having four or five sections of 30 kids it, it's it's a lot it, it it has to be a lot I don't yeah. know from personal experience but it has to be a lot yeah, and just having the time, the you know, there just aren't enough hours. I think in the day when you when at a really mm-hmm. big school, it's hard for students to feel compelled or you know interested in kind of even trying to seek that help when you can get so so easily lost in the shuffle. And it's you know it's hard for teachers to find the time to even try to make those you know those those connections or even do that. So you know, 
you know, I've been thinking a lot about mentorship and, um, you know, what that even is and, you know, how I define it. And I feel like I, I think of it on like two different levels. Like for me as a, as a teacher, especially working with the, the age group that I work with, um, and then even continuing to work with some of my former students as high school students, I feel like mentorship kind of works on two levels because it's, it, it, part of it is centered towards something like a, whether it's academic, wanting them to find academic success, or maybe, you know, making connection with someone through art, the arts. But I always feel like for young people, it's like a part of the mentorship has to uh, be about them as human beings and providing guidance and support. And for me, you know, as a, as a man, as a black man, I, I typically work with young men especially in those things, because I've had the experience of being a young man and I understand whatever challenges, you know, that come with that, the challenges that come with being a young man in, in the na neighborhoods that we grow up in. So I feel like it, it's been, you know, as a teacher, it's been, I want you to be successful in what, whatever you're pursuing, you know, in your academics, but I also want you to be um, a, a young person of sound character and I want to support you and, you know, in all aspects of your life. So you wear so many different hats. It's, it, you know, um, the, the moment you could be almost like a therapist and then you could be, I don't want to use parental, but you, you, know, you have to be that parental, like, you know, no, this is what you need to do. Listen to this advice, really, really listen to this. And then, you know, sometimes it's friendly and it's, you know, I, I want to, you know, you know, it's it's more of a let's you know let's hang out and do something, and you know, give an opportunity to you know build a relationship in that way. And then the other um, way it works is you know it's kind of more of a strictly professional thing. And I've kind of noticed that I haven't had too many strictly professional mentoring relationships. Um, you know, I'm actually in a program right now, a leadership program, and uh, I t I do have a mentor through that, and it's a it's a professional thing. It's a, someone who's helping to um, give me insight into working in, in, in nonprofits based on their experience. And it's that's something that I've been able to establish through just my network. And there have been times where I've reached out to people for insight, um, even randomly, um, and just build connections. I know when I first graduated from college, before I started at this job, I, I was interested in doing more writing center work. And I was looking at openings at uh, different writing centers and you know some of them needed the advanced degree and I, I didn't quite have that and I used LinkedIn and I reached out to someone who was working at a writing center that I was interested in working at but also someone who went to Drew and interestingly enough who graduated years and years before mm -hmm. and I just randomly reached out to them and said hey I don't know you you don't know me I don't think I said that specifically but <laughs> you know I'm you know, I just recently graduated from Drew. I see that you went to Drew and you graduated. And um, I see you're working in the field that I'm interested in. Would you be willing to meet to, with, for coffee to give me insight into this? And, you know, and, you know, they met with me. And the most helpful thing they did was um, <clears throat> they asked me if I had a copy of my resume. And they pretty much tore it to shreds. <laughs> Which was the best thing ever because they, you know, said, here's my resume and look at this. I'm going to send you an email of this. And, you know, I want you to work on this because I think this makes a big difference when you're looking for, you know, 
work in the professional this and I know people tell you don't have a resume this is this but you could do it I know people tell you don't do this but you could do it you know and you know send me your resume when you're done and I'll look at it and give you thoughts and you know that's a that's a mentorship or that's a mentoring relationship in, in so many ways because they provided guidance and insight and support that I didn't have that I needed that I didn't even know I needed and you know they provided that feedback for me and I was able to you know, change up my resume. And I've been using a similar model since then, five years later. So, you know, um, that was very helpful. So it, it, there, there's definitely been people who've provided insight uh, for me um, in ways that I didn't necessarily know that I needed. Um, that's been significant too. Yeah, it's interesting because it sounds like you've also, even though you're not you are not a student in school anymore. You've been able to reach back, whether it was to your seventh grade teacher or um, maintaining a relationship with Rodney or, yeah, reaching out to another uh, Drew graduate. Like, that's still, those are still resources that people can reach back to. Um, even if you're not in school anymore, you can connect with teachers that you had or people you knew or just other graduates or the career center and things like that. And it sounds like you've always been pretty proactive about, you know, um, initiating conversations and connections with people, which I guess harkens back to what you said about becoming more resourceful when you were in middle and high school mm -hmm. and learning about asking for things and the worst someone can say is no. Right. <laughs> and I'm still like that. You know, I still, yeah. you know, I'll, I've, the one thing that I've done a little bit smarter is I've asked, <clears throat> is now I, <clears throat> I usually try to find mutual connections to make introductions, but I'll ask people like, hey, can you introduce me to this person? You're connected to them on social media, so you must know them. And I want to learn more about X or Y or Z. And, but I'm consistently sending cold emails, you know, randomly reaching out to people. Hey, I, I know you through this person and I know we've never met, but I'd love to know more about X, Y, and Z, or can you provide guidance on this or how best to connect? I, I, I still do that all the time. Mm. The leadership program that I'm in is, um, I have support from um, my job to do it. It's a it's a once per month um, thing. It's actually the second program that I've done that's pretty similar. Um, so I, I go a full day, one full work day a month for this program, and it's um it's just getting more insight in nonprofits. So when Rodney passed his his nonprofit that he had in the city of Newark, uh, it was an arts um, an art art programming um, nonprofit. Um, <clears throat> two or three of us from uh, that worked with him in the past kind of you know made a commitment to continue the work that it was doing. So I kind of took the reins of um, one of the programs, one of the one of the the branches of his nonprofit. So I was definitely looking to get more information about, you know, how nonprofits work and build some connections. I have no experience in this. So a lot of it is just like, okay, I'm, I'm thrown into it due to the circumstances. So I'm trying to learn um, kind of how to, how to, how to work in that, in that, in that, uh, in that area. There's a lot of things that we've done so far, has just been centered around just leadership, understanding leadership styles. Um, so some of the things is, have just been helpful, even you know, for the day to day working with my staff and teaching. Um, so you know, 
it's kind of twofold gold. Mm. I feel like I've been trying to learn about um, taking the reins more in my own development and seeking out seeking out mentorship, but also just seeking out different ways of connecting with people and learning that, like like you said, kind of being aware of the resources around me, whether it's like through my job, even if it's that, you know, at my, at my job, we have access to, we have LinkedIn learning accounts. So we have access to all these videos that about, that teach you about different professional skills and technical skills. And I'm trying to be better about being proactive in, you know, setting some goals for myself or thinking about what do I want to learn about and how can I go about learning skills and, and using the resources around me. And because just, you know, you've been proactive and there have been people who have taken notice of you, but also it's not always going to happen that, that someone looks at us and says, oh, I want to, you know, I want to take you under my wing. Sometimes we have to, we have to look around and like make connections with people, ask for things and, and create those opportunities and those relationships actively. You know, I mean, I've, I've learned that people love when you reach out to them for insight because it makes them feel like they're accomplished and mm-hmm. they're accomplished to a point where they can impart something on someone else. Like that's a, that's a great feeling to be like, Oh wow. You know, people look to me as a, you know, a gatekeeper of some sort of insight, knowledge, position, something. It's an important thing. It's, it's an important skill. Um, so I'm curious that, you know, you kind of talked about thinking about how you define mentorship, um, and I'm curious to know what it means to you. I feel like you've touched on this, but what it means to you to be a mentor and specifically for you to be a history teacher in Newark, teaching young men of color. Um, what does that mean to you? And 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 what do you most hope to impart? For me, as I reflected on like five years and I reflected on my experiences and I, I even reflected yesterday. I mean, I was, <clears throat> there's a, a former student of mine who's, you know, he's in high school and he's working on his, um, he's working on a brand. He's, you know, you know, he likes to draw and stuff. He's working on designing some, 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 some shirts and stuff. And I, I donated some shirts to him and I was just talking to him. And even though we somehow kind of like stay connected through social media, we never really talk. And I was just, you know, asking him like, Oh, do you know that I've always really thought you were very talented and I liked you? And he's like, really? And I remember just being, he's like, he says, I remember you, you know, always sending me to the office. And I was like, really? I did that? (laughs) And even just like, you know, reflecting on just how different I was when I first started that, you know, I've always, you know, I I had the goal and the intention of being this person to come in and, you know, engage people and make a difference and even understand how my understanding of that has grown through seeing my interactions with some of these young people now. You know, I reflect on, um, there's a student who's, you know, I always tell this story, there's a student who's just the most difficult student ever for me at that up until that point. Just always, you know, always doing things to get out under my skin. And I remember, you know, always kind of, you know, removing him from class and trying to figure out how do I, how do I get this student to not be like, you know, completely irritating. And I remember 
you know, one day I was just like, I sent him out. I was like, you know, we're going to call your parents because we need to figure this out. And after class, when I was planning on, you know, calling, reaching out, I was like, I called him and I was like, you know, I was like, let's have a conversation. Maybe we could understand one another. Let's have a conversation. And it was like, you know, I don't know what inspired me to even do that, but we talked for like an hour. And we left there, and I had such a such a different understanding of this young man. And I was like, wow. You know, on the surface, all of these challenges and all the difficulty, you know, made me feel one way. But understanding the human and understanding the person and, you know, building that human-to-human connection, you know, I have a completely different understanding of who you are. And, you know, for us to have that conversation in that moment, and for us to kind of build a relationship, you know, past or after that. And, you know, he became one of my, you know, my closest, you know, mentees after that. And understanding that, you know, he was looking to be, you know, he was looking for that attention and he was looking to be heard and looking to be, have that conversation and looking to be talked to. It's like, you know, it kind of goes back to this idea of like, so many, many of these young people are looking for that. And on surface, that might not what that might not be what we see. Um, and there's so many different challenges that are present uh, that are present for them. But that 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 human to human connection is so significant, um, especially in you know these underserved schools. Um, but when you make that human to human connection, you can really that's where you can really work and help and guide guide and mold someone. Um, so. It's been a great experience because it also made me reflect on myself. Like I'm, be, you know, I could have become the person that I feel, you know, doesn't do that, and only looks at the surface. And you know, my whole view on this would be skewed, and I, I would, I, I would have to, you know, I would have gotten it all wrong. I would have missed out on these wonderful opportunities. I would have missed out on making this connection. So, I guess, in so many ways, it keeps me grounded. And it's, it's, it's this idea of like, it's, it's something that I do that is completely about other people and it's not about myself. And that's important. That idea of like giving back and, and being selfless. Um, I, I don't always know that I, or feel that I like, I'm, you know, getting it right, but it's like, I always try to, at least in, in these dynamics when it comes to mentorship is. How can I put the, you know, the concerns of someone else before myself? There's so much power in just being seen and seeing other people and to really be invested in another person and in their well-being and to see what's good about them. You have to have your own self-awareness. Like you have to be aware of what are they what are they triggering in me? You know, what it, what about my reaction to them is about me? And what, you know, what is about them and yeah. And how can I ha- have a conversation with this person and try to see them and see beyond m- the annoyance or the reaction that I'm having? It's not always easy by any means. Right. But, but there's definitely <laughs> yeah. a lot of power in, in like, like that, that pause that you took to just say, all right, before I really react to this, before I call on his parents, like, can I pause and 
try to see th- see things differently. Um, I feel like that pause is really powerful. And um, nowadays, I you know, I find myself not not kicking people out of classes, or if I do, I always I always engage the conversation. You know, I never. I used to kind of, you know, okay, go, go deal with the principal or go to the office or whatever. And, you know, I wouldn't follow up per se, or I wouldn't follow up with the student, Mm. but you know, I've, I've learned that, you know, I don't want to, I want the, these young people to, you know, like I said, gain that sense of character and, and, and growth within themselves. So, you know, I build that connection and that with them. So if I, do kick someone out of class, you know, the conversation piece is what's going on. And a lot of times I found that there's a whole bunch of other things that are impacting students that, you know, has, has nothing to even do with me or my class or, you know, school day, it's, it's other things. And even just being that person to talk to in those moments is, is, is helpful for them. Mm-hmm. There's stuff going on at home or, you know, they forgot their lunch today or whatever the situation is, you know, but it, it's, it's so much, it's, it's so much more rewarding for me to have those conversations and interactions than to, you know, trying to be punitive or to try to, you know, find a, a, a repercussion, a consequence. Um, and I think back to some of the students that I had maybe when I first started and I'm like, hmm, if I knew now or knew then what I know now, maybe I could have, you know, built some different connections too. And, you know, who knows how that could have worked um, for these students, but, you know, well, it sounds like, you know, when you started, you you were brand new to teaching, right? And you had never even, you hadn't studied teaching, you know, formally, right? And so you were just learning all of it new. And it sounds like as over time, as you've gained experience and strengthened some of your skills, like you can trust yourself more to be in those difficult moments um, and not feel like you have to direct them to someone else or to a another authority figure, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have one more question if you have time for it. Of course. Okay. I like to ask this of a lot of the guests. Um, what's something that you are learning about or growing into in your life right now? Just the idea of what it means to be a leader in a professional sense. And, you know, like I said, I have this vision of like, or I have this, this notion of, oh, this mentorship is so impactful, you know, on the day to day, but like, how can I be a part of like expanding that beyond just me? And I think before it would be the sense of, okay, it's a really cool thing that I do and it works and I see it, you know, it works for some kids and it helps them, but changing my mindset to embrace the fact that I don't think that I'm the only person who's done this or does this, but that my voice can be, you know, one of authority in this type of work. And I don't necessarily need um, certain things like a degree or anything to validate that. Um, Which is why I even submitted the proposal. I'm like, you know, I'm not the most experienced person. I'm not, you know, I, I don't have 20 years of experience to look back on. I don't have an advanced degree. I haven't published any, you know, any research or article about this particular topic, but I've seen it, you know, unfold in front of my eyes. 
So I think um, just that idea of embracing the fact that with, even without some of the experiences that others may have or without certain degrees, I can still, you know, I can trust and lean into that that leadership. One of the things that we did with um, with this leadership program that I mentioned is we did a, a 360 assessment. And in essence, you select, you know, people that you've been connected to um, professionally um, and you break them down into different categories. So people who worked um, alongside you as coworkers, you know, people who worked with you as a, in a managerial sense, so people who've been supervisors or, you know, report, direct reports and contacts, people that have worked for you if you um, are in a leadership position, um, and then, you know, other colleagues. So I selected, you know, 16, 17 people that I've been connected with from college, beyond college, at this job and other, you know, and other professional roles. And you do a self-assessment, and then they do an assessment based on you. And it's wow. it's pretty extensive. Wow. Yeah, 16, um, 17 people. I'm like, do I know 16 or 17 people? <laughs> <laughs> it was hard. And the cool, the hard part is you know, this, there's certain, you know, metrics and criteria that, you know, based on how they answer questions that could potentially disqualify them from getting responses. Mm. But I was lucky enough to have, I think, all 16 of the people who won. I was lucky enough to have this, the, the 16 of the 18 people that I selected respond, which is, I didn't even think I was going to get that many people to respond because I'm like, you know, it's like a 20 minute, 30 minute assessment. It's in depth. So that was cool. And then, you know, the report that they give you, they they don't tell you who responded how, but they give you sort of this, you know, aggregate report and it compares yourself, um, on the certain, your responses to the questions, to the, to the raters, um, that did the survey. And, Across the board, I rated myself lower than the people who filled in the uh, the evaluation on, on my behalf, and it was a, a ref- it was a moment of reflection. Like, wow, people see X, Y, and Z in me that I don't even see in myself, or they see me in a, a different way. And they they had uh, open ended areas where people could leave comments, and even just reading some of the comments, you know, the work that you know you've been doing with the young people have been such, such this and so that and it kind of helped me open my eyes to the fact that, you know, the work that I've been doing is, you know, is significant and I should celebrate it and I, I should lean into the idea that I'm, you know, I, I can have a voice of authority in this. Yeah, it's such a gift when we are able to receive some of that perspective from other people of the good that they see in us, like in the same way that you can, you can see that in your students, being able to also receive that from other people is such a gift. And like, imagine if we could wake up every day and look in the mirror and treat ourselves that way of like, Oh, I see this in you. And I see this in you, <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm. my, my, at my office, we just had our end of year party today and it's like for the second year in a row we've done this thing where we've written each other we just call them nice notes so they're envelopes with our names on them and everyone has notes from our coworkers in there some anonymous some signed just just short notes saying like you know this is what i appreciate about you this is what i see in you and it's always so it's always really incredible to be like oh that that person sees this in me or oh, a couple of people have said that, you know, 
they've noticed this about me and I didn't even realize that anyone would have seen that, you know, um, it really is such a gift. And then to be able to give that to other people and, and also receive it is amazing. And yeah, like for you as a young person, you know, I can relate to being like, okay, I don't have this degree or this credential or this accolade or this whatever on paper, but there are things that I want to try to do. And like, you know, what's the worst that can happen, you know? Right. Sometimes it seems like, you know, it's the old guard, you know, holding on to certain roles mm-hmm. or certain opportunities, but it's like, why not put yourself out there? Yeah. And also yeah. in this world, I think when it is like, I know for me, I would, I would love to go to graduate school and get another degree, but it's, you know, like financially in this world, like I still have student loans from undergrad, you know, like I don't, I don't know that we'll be able to do all the traditional routes that maybe a generation before us had a little bit more ability to do. Like there's more, I think, change for our generation a lot in jobs and just, I think getting creative about how we gain skills, whether we watch YouTube videos, read books, connect with whoever we can and, and just roll up our sleeves and do what we want to do. Pretty much it. Just throw yourself into it and do it. I mean, I, I even reflect on my first attempt to connect to a student, a middle school student. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is the scariest thing ever. Mm. Even though it's what I wanted to do. I was like, I have no idea. Like, what do I even do? How do I, you know, how do I connect to this young person outside of class to help, help them, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so like, oh my gosh, and you know, you know, my supervisor who, you know, I consider a mentor as well, he doesn't consider himself in that way because he's like, oh, we have much more of a friend, a friendship mm-hmm. than a mentorship, but I'm like, no, I look to you because you're so much more experienced than I am, and mm-hmm. you know, you have so much more insight into this, and you've done this, so I'm like, I'm always asking you what I should do because I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't always know, mm-hmm. and you know, <clears throat> just enough for him to be like, you know, just do it. Just say whatever. Just, you know, mm-hmm. just try it. Just see what happens, you know. Don't think so much about it, you know. Just do. Yeah. And, you know, since then it's like, oh, you know, now it's like it's nothing. It's like you know, it's nothing to start a conversation or try to build something, you know. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but, you know. Life is an experiment. <laughs> you have to just try things, see what works, see what doesn't, learn from it, keep going. And it was, it's probably funny to look back and be like, oh, I was afraid of a middle schooler, right? <laughs> like, Yeah, you know, and they're probably like, you know, if I, you know, if they even know who I'm talking about or if I ever told them, they'd be like, really, you were nervous about yeah, this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah it, was, I was, it was nerve-wracking as ever the first time I'm like, you know, sitting there, you know, at the table up front, like, hey, <laughs> child, <laughs> yeah. how can I help you? to be more successful because you're you're struggling yeah yeah well i really admire the way that you are just diving into this stuff and even though it's difficult and you know challenging and maybe scary sometimes like that you're just doing it i think that's great and i'm excited to see you know all the stuff that you continue to do in the future i just want to thank you for even you know noticing the work that i do and acknowledging it and thinking that i'm even you know, worthwhile to talk to on the, the podcast. I appreciate, I really appreciate that. It's, it's, you know, that means a lot to me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for making the time and for your thoughtful responses. And I think this is a really uh, good conversation that a lot of people will connect to and, and will find really helpful, whether they're teachers or just, you know, other, other young adults like ourselves trying to <laughs> find our way. <laughs> 
If you liked the episode, I hope that you'll share it and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. It helps people to find the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. I hope you'll join me next time.